Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A group of four blind men heard that a strange creature had wandered into their town. None of them knew anything about its shape or its form or had never seen one before. Out of curiosity, they said, let's go and inspect this creature and try to figure out what it is. And so they sought it out. And when they found it, they started to grope about it blindly with their hands. The first man felt something and said, this creature must be like a tree because it is large and round like a pillar. The second man replied, actually, the creature is more like a rope because it's small and thin and coarse. And the third man contradicted the others and said, no, no, the creature is like a fan because it is flat and it's thin. The fourth man, by this point, was very confused and he said, the creature is not like any of those things. No, it's more like a thick snake, and it's because it has it's long and it has curves. Now that parable is used by many to resolve the conflict between different religions. The creature, if you hadn't guessed, is an elephant. And each one of the blind men had drastically different descriptions of the elephant because they were all feeling different parts and couldn't see the whole thing. So some claim they were all correct. The elephant has all of the features that those blind men describe. In the analogy, the elephant is God. And the blind men represent different religions in their attempts to describe the unseen God. Some claim that no one religion has the whole truth. And that each religion only has a part of it. Now that parable tells us why many people today no longer accept the claims of Christianity, especially the, the claim that Christianity is the one true religion. We live in a multicultural melting pot here in Canada. Our cities have a variety of religious views, varieties of Christians, Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, Sikhs, those who are just vaguely spiritual and not religious, not to mention atheists. In other words, Jesus is presented today as one of many equally valid options which you can choose from depending on your circumstances and lifestyle choices. Jesus is merely just another blind man who only has part of the truth. But is Jesus of Nazareth simply one option among many in the path to God? With so many voices, whom are we to believe? 
How can we be sure that the claims of Christianity about Jesus are true? Our epistle lesson starts by contrasting two different testimonies. The testimony of humanity and the testimony of God himself. Think of a courtroom scene. There are two witnesses in the dock, each with a contradictory testimony. The testimony of men, the testimony of humanity, is like the testimony of the blind man with the elephant. And this shows us where the parable actually goes wrong. The four blind men are not all correct, but they're all wrong. The elephant is not like a tree or a rope or a fan or a snake. It's completely different from all those things. And the same is true with God. It is not that all religions are describing various aspects of the same thing. In fact, they are failing to describe and explain what God actually is. They are falling radically short of seeing the entire picture. Those blind men, in their blindness, their blindness makes them unable to see the truth about the elephant. The blind men will always fall short in their descriptions. They will never have the complete picture. And since we are all spiritually blind, we will never be able to recognize which reports are accurate or which are mistaken. The spiritualities and religions of the world have nothing to confirm or corroborate them but human testimony. Oh, they may have experts and scholars, scientists and gurus, imams and rabbis and everything in between. But at the end of the day, they're all just blind men. They're just people like you and like me. All they can do is make their case based on the thoughts and opinions of other blind men. They may use reason or philosophy or mystical experiences to support their claims, but ultimately it's just somebody's opinion. And if we're all just as spiritually blind as they are, why should we care? That is why Jesus says he does not accept human testimony, but only the testimony that comes from God the Father. Think back to the story. What if there was a fifth man who would come on the scene? This fifth man was different. What if the fifth man was not blind, but in fact could see clearly? What if, in fact, he was an expert in elephants, zoologist of some sort? He could tell them that it is not a tree or a rope or a fan or a snake, but it's an elephant. And we would trust that this man's knowledge about the elephant was true because he wasn't blind. The fifth man could help us as blind men to rightly describe the elephant. Jesus is the fifth man. While our unaided descriptions of God will always fall short, as a blind man's description of an elephant might, Jesus has given to us actual knowledge of God. Jesus is the only one who can provide a trustworthy description of God because he is God. 
He's the very Son of God sent from the Father into the world. Now, how do we know that what Jesus said and taught about God is true? The claims of Jesus are not validated by mere human opinion. No, the testimony of God is what validates those claims. God is the one who has demonstrated his approval for Jesus. And he's done so by actually entering into history and acting. What Jesus of Nazareth did and said and taught about God is the truth that God himself has confirmed. How did he do it? God raised Jesus from the dead on the third day and then received him back into heaven 40 days later. And that's exactly how St. Paul puts it in Acts 17 when he's speaking to the people in Athens. Now, God commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. God, not just humans, has testified and given witness to his son, Jesus Christ. And that testimony is far greater than mere human opinion. To deny the truth that Jesus of Nazareth is God's son in the flesh is to deny God's testimony is true. It's like those four blind men calling the fifth man who could see a liar. When we ignore, when we write off or deny God's testimony to Jesus, we don't silence God, but we rather treat him like a perjurer, a liar. To claim, to claim that there are many paths to God and that all religions are somehow true is to deny Christ, is to call God a liar, and it's to cut off yourself from the source of life. The testimony that God gives about his son is that through Jesus, God has given us eternal life. What is eternal life? Have you ever stopped for a moment and asked that question? Eternal life is not the same thing as living forever. It's not the same thing as living forever. When the Bible uses the phrase eternal life, it's not referring to how long you're going to live. It's not referring to the quantity of life. It's referring to the quality of life. It's the kind of life that we will experience in the new heavens and new earth. It's a life free from pain, suffering, death, darkness, disappointment. We get to have a share in the same kind of life that God himself has. Eternal life is the quality of life that we will have after the resurrection. Now, John has a fantastic point to make here. God has given his solemn testimony that the eternal life is not simply a future thing that we will experience only after the day of resurrection. 
No, eternal life is your possession right here and right now. You already possess eternal life. Now, you don't have all of it. What you have now is the first installment, uh, the first down payment of something far more significant. You are given a trailer, a sampling of that life which you will experience fully after the resurrection. And this is only possible through Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, the Messiah, is the source of that eternal life. Eternal life is only found in Him. No one, neither Buddha, nor Muhammad, nor Moses have ever conquered death. Quite the opposite. Death still has them under its power. As wise and spiritual as some may think they are, they are just as blind and dead as the rest of us. No, not so with Jesus. God has given his testimony to the world by raising Jesus on the third day and receiving him back into heaven. The gift of eternal life only comes from God through the cross and the empty tomb. Christ has defeated death because death and the grave could not hold him. And if it could not hold him, God has given his solemn testimony that it neither will hold you. In him, you have the source of eternal life. You can find it no place else. Now our job as Christians is to tell others who are groping blindly in this world that someone has already revealed the whole picture to us. What Jesus of Nazareth tells us about God can be found in no other place. His, he is the true and complete self-revelation of God. We cannot find God in ourselves, in our own good works, in other religions, or any lesser forms of spirituality. The claims of Christianity are not corroborated by mere human opinion. They have received the very testimony of God. God did this when he acted in history by raising Jesus from the dead. What the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus do for us, we can never have, uh, do for ourselves. In Jesus, in Christ, there is a new kind of life. The life of eternity, free from sin, death, and suffering. We have that eternal life here and now as a down payment for good things to come. On that, you have God's solemn testimony. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.